1: Thank you for your presence today. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Yet all too often, we choose to believe and rely more on what we see and hear rather than the hope and evidence we have in God and His Word. There is a purpose for everything God allows. Whether blessing or trial, steadfastly contending for our faith is spiritually fulfilling in ways we cannot imagine. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander teaches us. And
0: Father, we do bless your name. As we pray to the God of glory, if anybody ought to be shouting, it ought to be us. Where well, we think about where you, where you brought us from, huh? from slavery to freedom. The time we didn't have these privileges we didn't have the freedoms and now that we have it many are re-enslaving themselves and I pray father that this message of deliverance would emancipate those who are in bondage to the power and tyranny of sin thank you for this day Help me to preach in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. Have your Bibles once again turned to the book of Jude? I've been in it each Sunday, haven't I? I hope you enjoying the book as much as I am. We are coming from verses 3 and 4 in the book of Jude and particularly the the fourth verse, but we'll read three because it just leads into four, it flows into four, so we want to connect them together this morning. Jude 3 and 4. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were mocked For this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our Lord into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And from these verses, we've been preaching contend for the faith, contend for the faith. To contend, we said, uh, is to earnestly fight for what you believe about your Lord and my Lord it is to strive in the faith it is to stand up and fight for that which you believe about your god and my god and his word and uh, if there's ever time we need to fight it's right now uh, the, 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 the 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 issue is not is satan fighting us he's fighting us but real issue is are we fighting him <laughs> And when we look at verse four, it says, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that expression, that first phrase of verse four, for certain men uh, have crept in what unnoticed? These men Slipped in secretly among the saints, looking ever so innocent and unsuspecting. But underneath, they had a hidden agenda of slowly and gradually infiltrating and contaminating the church with false doctrine. And let me tell you something as long as there's a devil, false doctrine is not going anywhere. It is prevalent, it is infectious. And many families and many, so many, have been uh, duped and beguiled and just taken advantage of by the pervasive false doctrine that's so prevalent in our land today. The scripture says that who long ago marked out for condemnation ungodly men who turned the grace of our God into lewdness. In other words, these men, they look spiritual. You know, you can look spiritual and not be spiritual. And God didn't say, look spiritual. He wants you to be spiritual. Amen. They acted spiritual, but they were deceitful. They were actually secret agents of Satan who were enemies of the grace of God that turned the grace of God into lewdness. When you you speak of lewdness, you're speaking of wantonness. You're speaking of indecency. You're speaking of, of absence of moral restraints and you got folk who teach but they have no morals after they teach these false teachers look spiritual but spiritual but in their private lives they perverteth the grace of god and their immoral behavior proves them to be false mark chapter 7 verses 21 through 22 It says, far from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil faults, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lewdness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And these folk who were in the church looking spiritual under the guise of spirituality had a damnable agenda. And they were succeeding to the point that Jude had to really be diverted from writing about our commonalities in the faith to addressing what was going on within the flock of almighty God. The scripture says, and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, these false teachers, they denied that Jesus is God in the flesh. And anyone who denies the deity of Jesus Christ is a false teacher. Anyone who denies the deity, we say deity, you're speaking of his godness, denies Jesus being God all by himself is a false teacher and will be judged and condemned by God himself. Last time I I gave you some characteristics of a false teacher. Um, We'll just kind of breeze right on through these for the sake of time and then we'll park in the new information or insights for living today. We said, what was the characteristics of false teachers? We said, number one, they do not believe the Bible is God's only divine revelation. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. They, they believe that revelation is still coming and uh, that the, revela- rev- the canon is not complete and that you can keep adding the scriptures. And that's heretical indeed. Number two, uh, false teachers do not live what they teach. That's another, that's how you can identify false teachers. I'm giving you hands-on principles so that you won't be taken advantage of or fallen prey or victimized by false teachers. James chapter 3 verse 1 says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. In other words, if teachers do not live what they teach, they lose the right to be heard. Preachers do not live what they preach, they lose the right to be heard. They are not worth following and shall have a greater judgment because we are handling the word of God. And that's why I take the word so seriously, because I have to stand before my Lord and my God and give an account to every message I preach to Maranatha. That's a staggering thought. And for everyone that joins this church, I become your pastor, and I have to answer to God and give an account for you. But accountability is just not for me, it's also for you. You've got to give an account for every message you've heard and what you did with the message you heard. So it's a a two-way accountability. It's not just say, oh, we're going to size him up by the word, but also God's going to size you up by the same word. Nobody gets away. We're all accountable unto God. Won't you say amen? Number three, another characteristic of false teachers is that they do not believe the whole counsel of God. They only believe portions of the Scriptures. You know, they like, and the part that steps on their feet, they, they do away with that. But 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. All This whole book is God-breathed. It's all from God. And you have to love the, the whole counsel of God and not just portions that you just happen to like. Beloved, this book is divine in origin and is the only book that God ever wrote. As a matter of fact, why would God write two Bibles anyway? And whenever God does the original, Satan comes along and produces counterfeits so as to confuse the saints and derail their faith. Number four, we said they take false teachers take the text out of context to make it say what they want the Bible to say. And we quoted, we uh, read last week, I won't read it today, Revelations 22, 18 through 19. They take the text out of context. In other words, they, instead of doing exegetical teaching, they do eisegesis. They, they don't explain what the text is actually saying. They read into the text and bring out an interpretation that is not in the text at all so as to confuse themselves as well as those who are listening to them. That's why it's important that you know your Bible, that you read your Bible, that you have so much word in you that so when you hear something not right the, the god the holy ghost safeguard your 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 life to the point that it won't let allow you to digest that teaching because you have been insulated and inoculated by the word of god you know why people, people get inoculation so they won't get diseases, right? We, we Children and babies have to go and get shots and all of these. When I go over in the third world countries, my wife and I get all kinds of series of shots so as not to catch certain things as we're traveling afar in foreign lands. The word of God inoculates us and it keeps us from internalizing and digesting damnable heresy that will wipe out our spiritual lives and leave us spiritually
1: destitute. We walk by faith and not by sight and faith grows as we study and meditate on God's word fast, pray without ceasing and look to God who knows all hears all and sees all. He will never leave us or forsake us. He will lead us, guide us, protect us, provide for us, and strengthen us. No matter what the world does, through the indwelling Holy Spirit, God is always with us. As His children, God keeps us first by fighting for us every second of every day. That makes our faith worth fighting for. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Another characteristic of false teachers, number five, we said that they are often well-dressed,
0: And charm you with flattering words for the purpose of seducing the saints, says Galatians 3.1, who says, Paul says to the church of Galatians, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? In other words, Satan wants to bewitch you, to spell you away from the real truth. And uh, false teachers, they look good, they smell good, they have a good talk, they are good communicators. You can be a good communicator, but be a good commun- a good communicator who is a good liar. That's right. You can be a good, and a lot of times people, just because they are orators, we think that qualifies them to teach. You can be an orator with damnable motives, damnable, a damnable agenda. You can look good, look spiritual. And and actually say it with authority. As a matter of fact, you can be so authoritative till it seems like you know what you're talking about, but you are way offline, way offline. Number number six. Another characteristic of false teachers is that they reject the teachings of the Trinity. Uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, Uh, they have problems with uh, the Trinitarian doctrine of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Uh, God the Father, God sent the Son, and when the Son went to heaven on the day of Pentecost, uh, Acts chapter 2, the Holy Ghost came down, and uh, we saw all the wonderful things that happened uh, in the New Testament church with the inner workings of the Holy Ghost. As a matter of fact, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not saved because we are regenerated by the Spirit of God. Amen? It's a divine transaction that happens all uh, simultaneously uh, at the point of salvation. Um, Then also Luke chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, also shares about the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Number seven, another characteristic of, of false teachers is that they reject the authority of Scripture, uh, John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. In other words, if you don't have the word as the final authority, then you become the authority. It's what you say. People say, people tell me all this stuff. I say, do you believe God? And they say, no, no, I believe in this. I believe that. I say, well, where did you get that from? And I said, where did that come from? They say, me. I say, well, who made you the authority? Who made you? Or who, who gave you that? Who gave you that authority? And so they reject the authority of Scripture. The philosophies of this world, human wisdom and the opinion of men is sheer foolishness when compared to the word of God. Number eight, they passionately indoctrinate apart from the truth coupled with isolation and seclusion to fully control your mind. Second Peter two, one through two, what the cults do, they will, they'll lure you out of the church fellowship. Oh, you don't have to go to Maranatha. You don't have to go to this church or that church, that church. You can just have it right here. Why don't you come to our little group? And all of us, and that little group is really cultic. And then they begin to indoctrinate you because they pull you apart and they reprogram your thinking. Because they got you secluded, and and we talked last week about David Koresh and and the other guy in Guyana, Jim Jones, and all of these people. They take them away, and then they condition their minds to the point that they don't have their own minds. I said last week that cults will let you come, but they won't let you go. They won't let you go, and you got churches that are cult-like in their Practices. In other words, they give members hard times when the members say that the Lord is leading them to another church. Well, why are you going? You can't go. What do you mean you can't go? You can go wherever the Lord leads you to go. And in a true church realize that people come and people go and others will stay. It's a process. God don't call everybody to stay at the same church for a 100 years. Hey, won't you say Amen. amen. And uh, the worst thing you can do, by the way, thank you, Holy Ghost, is the worst thing you can do is stay somewhere where you're not happy. Let me just drop that in. Stay where you're not happy. Listen, your time on earth is too short for you to be in church miserable. I mean, listen, if, if, if you're discontent or you're disgruntled, and uh, you don't like the way the, operational, the church, particular church operate, or you have an issue with the pastor, or leadership, or people, or you don't like the way the choir dress, or you don't like the way the choir sound, or you don't like the style of music the choir sings, or it's too loud, or it's too quiet, or it's too this, well, go where you can get what you want. Don't stay somewhere and be miserable and make everybody around you miserable, and you don't go nowhere. If you're going to stay there, be quiet. Amen. And be thankful and smile. If you're not going nowhere, be happy. Amen. Won't you say, won't you say amen? Straighten your face up. If you're not going nowhere, look like you're not going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine, another characteristic of false teachers, they create doubt to shift you away from scripture to deceive you into believing a lie. And that's what Satan wants to do. According to Genesis chapter three, one in verse four, we see the count of the serpent who is used by the devil to to create doubt in the mind of Eve. And when he got her to doubt the validity of the word of God, that's when she ends up declining in her walk with the Lord. And she, she ultimately falls into sin, rebelling against the authoritative word of God. And it all started with doubt, has God indeed said? Doubting the reliability and veracity of the of the scripture is one of Satan's best strategies to separate us from God and to cause us to fall into sin, which results in divine and divine chastening from God. Look at that scenario. Satan came, approached Eve, and got her to doubt what God had said, and she and Adam both fell because they doubted the authority of the Word of God over against what Satan has said, and they fell into sin end up being expelled out of the garden, but it all started with doubt. And if Satan can just get doubt, is a detriment to all of our faith. If he can just raise that seed of doubt, to doubt the integrity and authority of the word of God, then he has done a job on you. Now, I will slow down because here's the new insights for living today. Y'all hanging with me? Number 10, another characteristic of false teachers is this. They do not believe the incarnation of Jesus, that Jesus is God in the flesh. That's a characteristic of false teacher. If you want to find out about a false teacher, you may not, listen to me closely, you may not, none of us will know all of the doctrines and tenors and and, and all of the, the teachings of every single cult on earth. It's too many out there to know all about all of them. You know, uh, uh, to a degree, you know about some of them, but you will not know everything about all of them because there are so many of them, even as I speak, being formed. But what you say, well, what can I do? You know what is truth so well that whatever uh, comes your way uh, that's counterfeit, heretical, false, you'll be able to spot it because you're in truth so long. Won't you say Amen. And, and if you want to find out whether a, a, a person is true or false, see what their doctrine is about the doctrine of Christology. In other words, the doctrine of Christ, what they believe about Christ. And false teachers do not believe the incarnation of Christ, that Jesus is God in flesh. In other words, there is no salvation without believing in the validity of the virgin birth. You've got to believe in the validity of the virgin birth. You have to. First John four, three says and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. Anybody say Jesus wasn't born in Bethlehem of Judea as a child, a God child from Mary. Jesus received his humanity. The Immaculate Conception, the Holy Ghost seated the womb of Mary from the Holy Spirit. Jesus received his Godness from Mary his flesh. He was perfect humanity and undiminished deity. He was fully God and fully man. He was 100% God and 100% man. And if you, if you doubt that the virgin birth was true, then what you have is heresy right at that point. Because if Joseph and Mary had sex to produce Jesus, then that means Jesus would have inherited a sin nature and would have been a sinner like you and I, thus being disqualified to go to the cross. Did you understand what I'm saying? Joseph did not touch Mary and was told not to do so. As a matter of fact, when he found out that she was pregnant without a man, uh, he had all kinds of problems. And thought to put her away privately because th- that was reason for her being stoned. Until he had an angelic heavenly uh, experience telling him and let him in on what God was doing. That it was a God thing. And leave her alone. She's all right. It's my business. I'm taking care of some business here. And I just want you to be a part of it yeah and so uh and so the virgin birth and so you got to believe in the virgin birth it, 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 that's why we celebrate christmas christmas has its place because if it weren't for a christmas that would not be uh easter sunday a resurrection sunday he had to be born so that he could die. Why? Because in heaven is no flesh and blood. So he had to receive flesh and blood in order to die like a man on the cross and shed that blood and secure our salvation for time and eternity. So, what you believe about the virgin birth determines whether a teacher is true or false. What they believe about the virgin birth. Number 11. Another characteristic of a false teacher. Are y'all hanging with me? I want y'all to be really, really, listen, y'all. This is of such profound significance because, and I'm so concerned about what's being on the radio airwaves, what's in books and what's on television and all these folk that look so good and so, everything that glitters is not gold. And I just, and I have charge over your soul and I want you not to be duped by some nice-speaking, oratorical, good-looking teacher. And just because they are popular doesn't necessarily mean they are right. I wish I could stand here for the next 20 minutes and start calling names on folk who are popular but are not right. But let me just stick with the doctrine. That way you know the doctrine, then you can spot the phonies out there. Now Another characteristic of a false teacher is this. They do not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Now that is big. That's where Oprah and a whole lot of folk have problems. They do not believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. And that's listen. (laughs) Ooh, if you got a problem with this, you are in real serious spiritual trouble. Won't y'all say Amen? Because my Bible tells me in the gospel of John chapter 8 verse 24, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins for if you don't believe, if you do not believe that I am he says Jesus, you will die in your sins. If You don't believe that Jesus is God and he's the only way to heaven. You will die in your sins and burst hell wide open. Can you get any clearer than that? John 14, 6 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. The words, the only way you can get to the Father, Jesus said you got to go through the Son. And that's through Jesus Christ. That's the only way. In other words, listen at this closely. Y'all hanging with me? You damn your own soul to hell if you do not believe in the exclusivity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Did you get that? You damn your own soul. I mean, there are not 50 gospels. There's only how many gospels? How many? How many? One. One gospel. And you damn your own soul to hell if you do not believe in the exclusivity of the gospel. When I go to all these countries and preach, my wife and I, we preach one gospel that transcends all cultures. I don't need but one doctor. We don't need but one gospel. It's not but, not but one devil. Same devil. That's what they told me over in Africa. I said, You have this problem? He said, Pastor Draper, it's the same devil, <laughs> same Satan. Many demons, multitudes of demons, one Satan. That's the doctrine of demonology and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole nother message. Satan makes the main thing. He put his demonic host all over. And, you, and so he, and he got his demonic imps, and he got them assigned to you too. And some of y'all can't shake that devil because
1: you don't have on the whole armor of God. Contending for our faith is worth the fight against Satan's tricks of his trade. He won't stop trying to circumvent our faith. Therefore, we must keep God first in all we do to resist him. We must be steadfast in exercising our authority in the name of Jesus to thwart Satan's efforts. We will be the recipients of God's perfect plan for each of us if we contend for the faith. Or we will suffer the dire consequences.